People always say to me, how did you get that job? That yeah. must have been so hard, you know? And this is the true story. You want to hear it? Yeah. I got really bored, bro. <laughs> you know, I, I moved back to Milwaukee. I get really bored one day. I'm like, I make a LinkedIn. Yeah. So I made a LinkedIn. I had no idea you can find jobs on LinkedIn. I thought it was like another Instagram. Yeah. So go to job section. First thing, Milwaukee Bucks video intern. I'm like, I'm not going to get this job. I'm a skier. Yeah. During the winter, whatever. I'm just... Got a call. Hey, blah, blah, blah. Talk to the lady for a little bit. Dude, that was one of five interviews for yeah. this internship. Dope. So I think we're live. Another episode of Adversity Kings. We have special guests today. I want to say Cam. What's your last name? Bauer. Bauer? Like the hockey company, Bauer. Okay, dope. Dope. So, yeah, Cam, I believe, was referred to me, I think, by Jackie, right? Shout out, Jackie. Yeah, shout out, Jackie. So, got you on today. You're in the media industry. You run your own media company then? Uh, pretty much so far. Like, the LLC is on its way. But okay. as of right now, uh, I'm a video producer intern still, but I'm kind of like a long-term intern for the Milwaukee Bucks right now. Yeah. And uh, do my thing over there. Like, uh, everything that I've, like, pretty much have done since a kid has just accentuated itself into what it is today. And to get there, it's been through like a lot of adversity and stuff and definitely have a good story for you today. Yeah. So let's start with the beginning then. So where were you born and raised? About like 15 minutes out west of uh, Milwaukee. It's called Elm Grove. Okay. Tiny little town. Uh, I always asked my parents growing up, like, where's your dream place to live? Yeah. And they always said Elm Grove, Wisconsin. And I was looking at them like, are you serious? Like, are you stupid? Yeah. Like you could go to Colorado and all this stuff. But as I get older and, you know, I moved away and now I've been away from the Midwest for a little bit, you can kind of like look back at it like, you know what, it's not a terrible place to grow up, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so born and raised in the birds of Milwaukee, like always super scared of the city and everything and painting that image in my head and uh, big family. Everyone went to college and didn't do sports or anything after school, like stuck to the books and everything. And I was kind of the youngest one of the family that kind of did my own thing and kind of stood out in the family, you could say. Uh, but uh, all my siblings, uh, they're all kind of like grad or still like in grad school and stuff like that in college and everything. And uh, they're all over the place. And I'm the only one that kind of like went off in my own direction, you could say. So it's kind of like weird. But uh, other than that, like I've been in Wisconsin pretty much my whole life. Over COVID, I lived in Colorado the whole year and I came back here to like finish school and stuff and landed a crazy internship. And I got to tell you about it. But uh, so what'd your parents do growing up? My mom was a school psychologist and my dad worked on the uh, Chicago trade floor for a while. So he's like born and raised Chicago guy. Now, do they still work? Oh, when I was two, my parents split up. Okay. So now, did, but do they still have jobs? Yeah, absolutely. Are, are they still in the same industry that they're in? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So they both still do the same, same exact thing. Yeah. Awesome. Who are you closest with? My dad. Your dad? Yeah, I'd say. And does he live in Milwaukee? He lives about two hours away from where I live in Milwaukee. So... Uh, that changed, like, over COVID, and that's kind of, like, when everything, you know, all this shit went down and everything like that. But dad's, like, two hours away now. Mom still works in Milwaukee, so I get to go over there every, like, Sunday or so for family dinner. Do you have siblings? I have uh, combined, like, through the divorce and everything, five sisters and one brother. Okay, awesome. Are you close, like, really close with any of your siblings? You could say I keep in touch with them, all, like, a lot. But yeah. the one that's, like, closest to my age, I'd say we're, we pretty much were a lot closer growing up than, than the rest. But, yeah. Um, yeah, Sister Gabrielle, I'd say. And then did you spend time in Colorado as well? Not with the family. That was all by myself. I completely got out of here over COVID and okay. started my own kind of thing. Yeah. So you didn't grow up on a ski resort or something? My parents met at a ski resort. Okay, I thought I was reading something in your profile. O originally, and I've grown up skiing like my whole life. Yeah. And Why skiing over snowboarding? Oh, I, I had about two seasons snowboarding, but every time I go off a jump, 50% of the time I'd absolutely eat my beach shit so yeah. it's like whatever but growing up instead of like skiing was a thing because i really wanted to get competitive at it and so my, my way to do that was racing and i picked up racing like pretty late into high school you could say and ended up getting pretty good at it and becoming team captain and qualifying for state and doing well and for skiing for ski racing yeah and in between races everyone goes inside and eats dinner and yeah. i'd be in the park doing flips in a race suit and everyone would be like what the like yeah <laughs> it was so fun that's insane but uh like parents spent at a ski resort i found this whole film thing and like to make ski like films growing up would probably make my parents really proud so yeah it's kind of where i like ultimately would love to go did so, you like, ever watch that uh movie molly's game 
Molly's game? Yeah, she, like, starts off as, like, some type of, like, Olympic skier, but she, like, m- messes up some type of jump and, like, breaks her neck. I'm going to write it down because I'm going to watch it. Yeah. Because that sounds really good. Oh, it's actually really Molly's good. game. Sorry, I'm ready. To yeah. Stand, no, I, you're I good. really want to watch it, so. You're good. I'm going to hit a text. Molly's game. Sick. Definitely going to watch it. So what are the plans for the rest of the day? Anything exciting? I got this going on. Uh, more like everything starts to rant off like Thursday. So today's the last day of like not a whole lot planned. And then weekend is crazy, dude. And let's jump into, I guess, now how old are you? 19, 20? 22. 22? Okay, awesome. So what was your high school life like? Yo, I didn't party at all. I didn't know what drugs or alcohol were. I was sports year-round. I would go to workouts after school. For skiing? Not for ski, Dude, I, you name a sport, and I did it. Yeah. I was, you know, football team. Not the basketball team, but I grew up playing basketball. But soccer, swim, dive, dude, baseball. Like, you name it. I did almost Everything. every sport, yeah. I got awesome. bored and wanted to try lacrosse one time. <laughs> yeah? So what was kind of like some of the highlights of growing up for you? Like, the ups and downs. Uh, so like parents split up and my sister was like, one of my sisters was four years older than me and she really felt it. And like a lot of times we'd be walking home and she'd be crying or like when you were now they split up when you were two, right? When I was like two. Yeah. Yeah, So so it didn't affect you too much probably. Dude, for me, I don't remember saying this, but my mom said, I said this first day of kindergarten, I came home from the first day of kindergarten. I said, mom, I met so many weird kids who have one house and their parents live together. Yeah. And my sister would be crying all the time and everything. And then I'd be like, why are you mad? We get two Christmases. Yeah. We get double the presents. <laughs> yeah. 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 So to me, like my whole world revolved around, you should have two houses and stuff like that. That's what I thought the world was. Yeah. Cause that's how I just grew up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I never really was affected by it other than like leaving my soccer cleats at dad's house and mom would get really mad. And then yeah. dad would say, start walking yeah. or like I'd rollerblade over the house or something like that, you know? But yeah. Like being a, uh, you know, a, ADHD, like, you know, I find interest in almost everything like that. Like, I'd leave something at someone's house and then have to, like, I'd have to ask for the same thing for Christmas at both houses. So I'd have, like, two of everything. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) I can see that. But being unorganized and stuff like that kind of, you could say, made it not as enjoyable as it was. Like, you know, being, like, that ideal kid in the family. You know, I had great role models of, like, a bunch of my siblings, you know, growing up and everything, being, like, the guinea pig. Yeah. Seeing what they did before I do. But, like, I really did go in my own direction. I can't wait to get into it. Yeah, so kind of take us more into what you want to talk about then, yeah. like with your story and stuff. It's like COVID started everything. Yeah, so what, what did COVID do and where did that lead you? So I focused a lot on sports in high school. Yeah. And ended up getting a D1 scholarship, and I was a D1 track guy. I did pole vault and triple jump. Yeah. And when COVID hit right in 2021, it kind of ended – midway through my sophomore year of college and as soon as that happened the, like the season's done everyone's sent home and everyone has different rules and stuff about like where you know their house and stuff like that my mom had pretty strict rules about covid and everything and like the pro the procedure every time you come inside the house you go in wash your hands take off all your clothes put it in the washer dryer wash your hands again because you touched your clothes then you take a Clorox wipe and you wipe down every surface that you that you touched on the way in. So like the garage door button, yeah, a light switch. And she'd watch you do it. And if you didn't do it, like she'd yeah. Did you have clothes on? Did you put your clothes back? <laughs> yeah, we had like <laughs> like extra clothes and stuff like right that. Right but uh yo, like it was like I was sneaking out. Yeah. Because I wanted to hang out with my friends, but she wouldn't let us come out or go anywhere. And yeah. it came to the point to where she'd look me in the eye and say, Hey, if anyone in this house gets COVID, we're blaming it all on you. Yeah. And it hurt, dude. You know, yeah. like I didn't want a lot of my parents to sneak out a lot, you know? Yeah. So I get pretty pissed off one night. And, you know, I, I look up YouTube videos on mountain biking and I look up the five top places in, in Colorado to go mountain biking. Yeah. And 15 second little snippet of this YouTube video said, go to this little place if you like dirt jumps and trails. And I go, I like dirt jumps and trails. And two yeah. days later, I packed everything in my car didn't tell my parents I left and I just got out of there and I drove straight to Iowa first off I went to like where I used to go to school and uh I had a friend come up to me and say hey when are you leaving for Colorado I said "Mm, 
tomorrow morning or something like that. And he goes, no, go right now. Drive through the night. I was boring. Just do it through the night. Yeah. So I did it through the night. And I drove 16 hours straight there because I was in the middle of Iowa, not here. Yeah. But uh, when I got there the first day, uh, I find like these dirt jumps that weren't even like on the map or anything. I had to like go on Google Maps and find it from a bird's eye view. Yeah. So I go to these trails. My handlebars on my bike are made of carbon fiber. Yeah. And I'm riding these jumps since it's going well and everything. I overshoot one of these jumps and my bars snap in half. Like if the handlebars are right here, it snaps around like right by this like right arm over here. And when I fall forward, the handlebars went into my face. Like right here. Yeah. I had a hole right here. Hit my head, pretty concussed. And I wake up in my car and these two girls that are parked next to me in the parking lot are like, are you okay? And I'm like, you have no idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so I meet these girls. They show me where to like sleep for the night. And I'm, I, you know, I've never been here before. Like, I don't know anybody in this city. I had no intention of meeting friends when I went out there. And yeah. All I wanted to do was just do what I wanted to do, and that's just bike, you know? Yeah. Uh, these people introduced me to, like, so many locals in the area. Little, I had no idea I was five minutes away from the city of Aspen, Colorado. Yeah. Which is, you know, if you've ever seen Dumb and Dumber before, like, it was filmed there mm. and all about it. But uh, I ended up meeting these mountain bike kids because I was out there to mountain bike. Yeah. I got new handlebars. I got stitches in my face, and people would shuttle me up and down with the local mountain bike guys. Yeah. Like shredding trails with them filming videos with them and one of these kids is like yo stay in my place get a job where i work let's just make videos and like chase our passions and i was like there's i'm i'm dropping sports i'm dropping d1 sports and i'm making this my new d1 sport yeah which was like me with the camera and stuff yeah you hold yourself to that level once you get to that level of competitiveness like you know like what it takes to get somewhere and you know that you suck at something i love that yeah. When you know that you suck at something and that's the beginning of your journey and you know what you like, where it could be. I love that. And that's what being like having a camera in my hand was. Yeah. It was a new challenge. I knew I could be really good at it and there's no limit to it. So it was about how much I applied myself and learned and actually sent it and actually committed to it, you know? Mm. So I'm out in Colorado. I'm working at a ski shop in Aspen. And some of these people that I worked with only worked like one or two days a week. And uh, just to get their free season pass, they can ski all season, you know. And they've had a full-time job outside of that as being a realtor or a lawyer or photographer or whatever. So I met one of these guys, and he was a photographer. He's like the local pro. And I said, hey, what was your first job out of high school? And he goes, yeah, I toured with Nat Geo and was a photographer in Africa and South America and all this stuff. And so I, I immediately like got hard eyes for this guy and like followed him around and stuff like that. He's the one that got me my first big production gig with Dick Sporting Goods. Yeah. And we're out there and they hand me the camera and I'm shooting photos. And sure enough, I walk into a Dick Sporting Goods six months later with a huge banner of a photo that I shot in Aspen. And it was all wow. because of this guy. And Nick Tenneco, shout out. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, he's like the local pro. If anyone like has a huge production shoot out there and they want a local pro to be out there, they'll hire him. And he had all these buddies that he was going to recommend for like assisting on the gig and they're out of town. So I was just the guy that was like itching at him every day in the shop. Like, Hey, look what I did. Look at this shot. Look at this video. Like just trying to be like, Hey, can I shadow you? Can I yeah. learn anything from you? You have a studio, like stuff like that. And like really just trying to like build my own life out there with nobody else and living at a friend's house, commuted like an hour and a half to work each way. And then finally found out found a house, found housing out there and did my own thing and then got the whole idea for the business and moved back to Wisconsin, got the internship with the Bucks and now we're starting a company. So, so what, what will be the name of the company then? So I'm, I'm talking with my dad right now. Like it's between my, my dad and I and okay. I think I get some of that camera in me from my dad and he's, he's sending me photos all the time and he lives two hours away from me now, you know? Yeah. I feel like I do a lot of gigs and stuff so I can send him a lot of what I'm doing in my life to keep him updated. Yeah. He says it all the time. He wants to live vicariously through me and, you know, stuff like that. But mm -hmm. it's like, I do shoots and stuff. Like if I haven't done a shoot in a while, it's like, hmm, I haven't updated dad in a while. I'm going to do a shoot and uh, get a bunch of stuff that I can be like, hey, this is what I'm doing. Like, this is what life's been like and, you know, yeah. whatever. So it's cool to like, have someone that's like, hey, you haven't been doing anything. Like, what you been up to? Go yeah. do something. What, like, what are you doing? So. Yeah, facts. So what are your hobbies kind of outside of work then right now? Like, what else do you do outside of just kind of pursuing the photography and the media? Shredding. Like, mountain bike. Yeah. Like, 
There's places in Wisconsin? Oh, yeah. Tons of places in Wisconsin. Like, I used to race cross-country, which is, like, just flat ground and stuff like that. And I'd be unattached and be placing in podium. It was hilarious, dude. Like, it yeah. was so fun. But other than, like, cross-country, I really, like, really liked doing the downhill mountain biking, which is at some of the uh, ski hills that are in Wisconsin. That yeah. in the summer, they have trails and stuff, and they you can ride the lift and all that. But... You'll see it. Like, I'll show you my YouTube channel growing up. Like, we just made stuff in the backyard. We'd be getting so much trouble through our parents and everything, but we'd dig in the backyard, making trails and jumps out of pallets and bricks and learning how to kick flip a skateboard in a day and then learn how to tail up a scooter the next day and learn how to slide on a longboard the next day. Like, we did everything, so much random stuff every day. And yeah. just, like, we're the most absolute kids. And we made a YouTube channel about it pretty much. And like this whole media thing I'm still doing today. Like I'll be editing like a corporate sponsorship video for the bucks. And I still feel like a 10 year old kid in my room, like editing YouTube videos with a GoPro. Like what's kind of, what's like the long-term vision for you? Like where do you see yourself like five, 10 years from now? A lot of like creator people always say like, I would love to make Hollywood films, you know, like Netflix films, HBO films. Like in my book, I grew up on YouTube. So that like for me, it's making giant budget YouTube productions like that. I would love to run one, but I'm trying, you know, trying to build my, my like YouTube experience and everything. I've I've recently become friends with a few of the Bucks players, and we're gonna start making YouTube videos here pretty soon. That's tomorrow, actually. Dope. But uh, yeah, one that I used to go to school with got signed as a two way player, and he's never been in Milwaukee before. So I've been showing him around, and we're gonna do some like film here. Now, do you see yourself staying? In Milwaukee for five, ten years? Oh, no, definitely not. Where do you want to go then? Do you know who Casey Neistat is? Sounds really familiar. He's like one of the OG vloggers. Like, yeah. he lives in New York City and he's like, I don't know, he was there when he's 18 and got to go pregnant and he came from nothing and like started making vlogs and sold them to MTV and HBO and like now he's like a giant YouTuber now. And uh, that's like my absolute dream. Like, I never knew how much these YouTubers had an influence on me until. I got older and I realized like, yeah, I've been watching these people like religiously, like mm -hmm. whenever they put out a vlog, like every, you know how you put out like a weekly episode or a monthly episode, like religiously I'd wake up and watch the Casey Neistat video. And at the time I'm just like, yeah, he's cool. Whatever the videos are cool. But when I got older, I'm like, wow, I make videos because of this guy. And I had no idea. And he is pretty much the biggest inspiration to me to end up like him, you know, being in a place like where you have an audience and you can travel wherever you want and, and your whole job is meeting creative people and sharing the world with like creative perspectives and stuff like that. That's, that's awesome to me. So you really don't have like a set location or place you want to be like set into in the next five or 10 years or just kind of like traveling all over the place and creating? Having a home base would be cool. But to be honest, when I lived in Colorado, it's like you get complacent. And, and, and these people that, like, are born and raised in Colorado out there have these mountains in their backyards and everything, and they, like, they're like, oh, it's a mountain. You have to drive over it. And I go out there, and I'm like, are you serious? Like, this is crazy, right? Yeah. So my motto last, like, over COVID that I kept saying to myself was don't listen to your favorite song. Like, it's going to eventually get old. Like, don't live in your dream house. Don't live in your dream location because it's eventually going to get old. Like, you live in a place like the Midwest. You go back to Colorado. And it's like the first time you're there again, you know, because you haven't seen mountains in so long and you yeah. get so used to like such a boring mid place, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. You go to a place like L.A., New York or like that, you always have something to look forward to, you know, like like staying in the middle here and, and keeping ground and like finding happiness in, in you instead of like finding happiness in a location. You know, it's like once you go there, it just makes it even better. You know, I yeah. feel like I'm visiting the mountains every time again for the first time every time I go it's just like awesome and to be honest when I lived there for like you know six months in you're like I'm used to this like whatever yeah and I hated that so I don't think I ever want to live in my like dream destination but yeah Midwest is cool I think it's good for family and stuff like that what do you think I like it I just like getting paid so I don't you know I really don't care you know where I'm at mm -hmm. you know east coast west coast mid coast and other countries wherever's you know the most money that's kind of how I how I deal with it. Where are you from? Arkansas originally. Really? Yeah. Why'd you come here? So I had the opportunity to take over. Obviously, it's like a franchise. So I uh, took over um, business here. So nice. It was uh, this was the location. Sweet. Is that what you did? 
kind of like uh, like what time period for you, like out of college and stuff like that? Nah, straight out of high school, I got my insurance license. I was wow. about a month or two out of high school, and I worked my way up into becoming a franchise owner. So That's for three sick. years, I essentially sold and then built a, a small team in Lincoln, Nebraska. So I started selling in Pittsburgh, built a small team, and uh, transitioned into opening my own office in Lincoln, Nebraska as a managing director. Nice. And then uh, got an ownership opportunity here in Chicago almost two years ago. Dude, how old are you? 24. I'll be, well, 23. I'll be 24 in a couple of days. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Life that's goes fast. Long, you got LinkedIn and typed it all out. Like, that's probably long LinkedIn already for 24. Holy cow. Yeah. It's, it's uh, a lot's gone. A lot's gone by over the last uh, five years. Crazy. You know, it'll be five years in October that I've been in the insurance industry. Wow. Yes, sir. And how do you like the insurance industry? I just like getting paid, dude. Honestly, you know what I mean. It's uh, it's it's very simple. You know what I mean. It's monotonous. It's redundant. But yeah. at, si- simultaneously, there's uh, there's so many great individuals and great things that we accomplish. You know, utilizing like nobody understands what life insurance is until they like sit down and talk with somebody like myself or a sales representative. And you know, really to simplify it, it's you know, whenever somebody dies, it's it's making sure that there's financial protection in place to keep their home mm-hmm. make sure they can get buried and have a good funeral and th- different things like that because nobody saves up for death you know what i mean yeah. like it's always saved up for like legacy leave behind to the kids but people don't take into consideration like there's there's expense with death there's taxation there's funerals there's just a bunch of shit so giving that people giving people that peace of mind it's uh it's invaluable and then you know honestly then with doing that as well, like all our sales representatives and our managers, the amount of money people make in the insurance industry, is, it's just stupid money. Crazy. It's stupid money. Yeah. Yeah. So At that good. moment, you're like, if not me, it's going to be someone else, you know? Like, yeah, facts. Yeah. That's facts. cool, though. Yeah, facts, bro. Mm-hmm. So do you have any, like, dream cars or anything like that? Ooh, so my dad's a car guy. Yeah. And so, like, we do all our own car stuff or whatever. His is, like, a 911 uh, Porsche Turbo, Yeah, which I admire, you know, whatever. But my buddy just got a GT2 or a GT3 RS. Nice. I think. Nice. Nope. I just shot a video of a Super last weekend. I'm about to drop that video here pretty soon. That's dope. Yeah, he'd be a good person for your podcast. He started a uh, performance car shop at 18. He sold it when he was 21. Yeah, for sure. Tell yeah. him to hop on. Shout out Mason. Yeah, tell yeah. Mason to hop on. Absolutely. So what about you then? Whips. So I'm I'm whipping him, uh, a Jetta right now. Obviously, it's yeah. nothing crazy. But I do see myself with something two-door to the ground. Yeah. Like a Miata or something like that with the flip-up uh, yeah. the headlights. My mom drives... We just uh, bought it from our grandpa, but it's a, a Z3 convertible, and it's a manual, and yeah. I, I'm, I love it, dude. Like, yeah. little two-door convertibles, and you can corner them really nice. Yeah, like, that gives me, like, the yeah. biker vibe, the for, skater vibe. Yeah, for sure. Media guy vibe. That's dope. Pull up with your bike in the back of that. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's dope. <laughs> so do you have any, like, dream places you want to create, like, travel to and, like, you know, put together different things or dream dream things you want to create with people outside of Casey? Oh, KC be a dream, obviously, but like Mr. Beast, this guy spends M's per video, you know, yes. like that is the like absolute thing. And the cool thing is, is I was looking through LinkedIn a few days ago and I found Mr. Beast all over LinkedIn and I'm about to go so crazy with applying to all that stuff. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Beast, I watched I watched him on Joe Rogan. I didn't know who he was until I watched him on Joe Rogan. No way. Yeah. Which is crazy because he's like apparently like the biggest YouTuber or something. Yo. And his philosophy and how he did it and how different it is, is just ridiculous. Yeah. It's weird. I mean, basically like he said he, on the, what stood out to me on the podcast was like, he had splurged, and like now he just doesn't care about anything. Kind of like where you get familiar with everything that you you spend too much time on to, or like listening to your favorite song. So I agree with that. Um, and now he just like wants to give everything back and just build it biggest biggest fuck. I know. I love it though. He's yeah, like absolutely pushing the industry for video, you know, and yeah. and YouTube. Yeah, YouTube Shorts have been blowing up for us. We've been posting a lot of YouTube Shorts, and that's been. Uh, that's been huge for us. I, I heard it's like a really good channel. way to grow your channel right now. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. It's uh, we're growing. We're getting like, which is we just started not even a year ago our YouTube channel, and uh, it's like we're getting a couple subs a day. Which I don't know. We're not putting any like ad dollars into YouTube, nice. which is uh, which is dope. It's like every one out of ten videos will get uh, like a two thousand two thousand view pop, which is which is insane. So on the topic of YouTube, like long term for you, where do you see yourself in? You know, going and heading your dreams are with that. For social media, you can say YouTube. You can yeah. say Instagram. Yeah. yeah, you. So I'd say specifically with YouTube, I would say within the next five years, um, probably pushing 
I'd say a minimum of, I'd say a minimum of a hundred thousand subscribers. Oh yeah. In between that and a million, which I know is like a very broad span. It's just I have a, I have a lot of money coming in through the insurance industry. So whereas other individuals will have to rely on like time and like quality, I can just kind of force money and quantity. You nice. know what I mean? So it's like I'm gonna leverage the money that I have now opposed to just splurging mm-hmm. and just put it into social media because I know if I just build up a better identity and a better brand, have better brand capital mm-hmm. online, it'll make me 10 times the amount of money right. five years after that. So I'm really excited for the next 10 to 15 years because I know I'm really going to like just spend every single dollar on social media for the next five to 10 years. And we already, I spent a stupid amount of money with, with these guys now. I mean, this room alone, I think cost me like 12 or 15 bands. So, yeah, and uh, it's not even that crazy of a setup. I've seen crazier setups. Every time I watch a podcast, I'm like, their setup looks way better than mine. And I'm like, you know, we definitely have a long, long, long way to go. But where I grew up, I never would have imagined, you know, having this stuff. So I'm definitely very grateful, but definitely, definitely 100,000 subs in the next five years. And, and uh, being, being that notorious, you know, young cat in the insurance industry, just revolutionizing it, not being that traditional, like insurance just sounds boring as fuck. So I just want to like, I want to bring like flavor to it. Absolutely. But like poise as well. You know what I mean? I'm a, I'm a calm individual, but I'm more of like that warrior in a garden. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like I can see that in you for sure. And when you put those people out there in, in front of a thing like insurance, you know, it's, yeah. it's almost like Aaron Rodgers doing a, like a state farm commercial. Yeah. You know? And in a way, like I, Ryan Chazier actually works with my partner. So hmm. there's it's areas to labic agency. So it's a 50, 50 partnership here now. Air, so Simon, he's a gentleman that taught me everything in the insurance industry. Um, he has his own individual agency. And then I don't know if you know who Ryan Chazier is, but he played for the mm-hmm. Pittsburgh Steelers Yeah, four or five years in legendary. He just was on Ed Milet. And, uh, so he partnered with, with, uh, Simon essentially. And so he's got an agency he's building out there in Pittsburgh underneath Simon's agency. And, it's actually been really good. It's, I mean, I think it's it's good for us to kind of absorb and utilize different brands where we can leverage individuals. Like, it'd be like, I would actually, it would be really cool. Like, for some of the Buck players that, like, retire or, like, don't, you know, maybe they're some, it just, it is what it is. Statistically, like, they go in, they don't have a career that goes, you know, two, three plus years. Mm-hmm. Getting into, using that blue check they got for the one year they were in, because they don't, they typically don't strip away your blue checks. You know what I mean? But like using that publicity that you got for being a D1 stud and then playing a year or two in the NBA and joining a company like like my company, getting a life insurance license is an easy way to make a bunch of money when you get out of the league. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what I'm working on right now, actually, is like I'm doing this to basically build up credibility so I can essentially recruit like high ticket name individuals to come sell life insurance Absolutely. and not even to sell life insurance, to build a life insurance company. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Because that's money. Interesting. That's cool. I won't get too deep on that, but, like, that's interesting, like, the whole life insurance thing. You know? Yeah, it is. Because it's something that my, my nobody, school doesn't teach you about no, life insurance. you kidding me? No. Nah, like, that's something you definitely learned on your own because you yeah. were interested. I was luck. No, it was luck. I was uploading. So both my parents were in jail, and my mom got out of jail first, raised by my mom, and... We grew up on welfare, food bank lines, the whole rags to riches story. So wow. I won't get, I won't, I share the sob story one out of 10 episodes. So, but with that, I, I had nothing going for me. I was making like World Star videos. I had a W9 with World Star when I was like 17, 18. I was just doing stupid stuff, kind of like uh, Patty. What was uh, the dude that did like the Supreme lemon? Patty. Yeah, Supreme Patty. I was doing shit like that. Oh my God. Like set myself on fire, different, just crazy. I was, wow. I was a crazy kid. I had nothing going for me. It was like selling a little bit of stupid stuff on the side. Well, it's kind of like Steve will do it before fame. Like you got to yeah. do crazy stuff to get people's attention. And I was like, desperate though. I mean, like I was literally like, I, I was just trying to like, feed, yeah. like we didn't have food. You know what I mean? So like I yeah. was trying to like eat and like take, help my mom out. And uh, cause she had a felony and it's like hard to get a job, you know, uh, yeah, you know, with, with a felony and everything like that. So with, with that, um, I was uploading my high school diploma, which I got expelled my sophomore year, so my mom finished my school for me online. Wow. And I used my diploma as a resume, uploaded it on Indeed, and got an automated email. I must have click, clicked like a sales tab, and I got a, you know, an email from this insurance company, and I go check it out you know, in, uh, in Pittsburgh, and here we are five years later. Wow. Yeah, crazy. So it was Indeed? It was, yeah, I think it was Indeed, one of those job sites. It's pretty much how I got the 
the box internship. Yeah, so, so weird. I wasn't even clicking on it. I got an email and I was like, I didn't. I was so stupid and didn't know anything at the you know at that point. So I was like, what the fuck? People always say to me, "How did you get that job? That yeah. must have been so hard, you know." And this is the true story. You want to hear it? Yeah. I got really bored, bro. <laughs> you know, I, I moved back to Milwaukee. I get really bored one day. I'm like, I make a LinkedIn. Yeah. So I made a LinkedIn. I had no idea you can find jobs on LinkedIn. I thought it was like another Instagram. Yeah. So you go to job section. First thing, Milwaukee Bucks video intern. I'm like, I'm not going to get this job. I'm a skier. Yeah. It's during the winter, whatever. I just got a call. Hey, blah, blah, blah. Talk to the lady for a little bit. Dude, that was one of five interviews for yeah. this internship. And I pretty much like they would come to me and say like all these questions, blah, blah, blah. And then they say, what do you have questions for us? I'd say, yo, how was your year last year? We won the champ. Like, tell me about it. And they would talk for 20 minutes about like their whole experience yeah. and kind of like flipping the interview or whatever. But I don't know. I ended up getting selected. And as soon as I got on, like my boss put in his two weeks. And then two weeks later, my boss's boss put in his two weeks. So our team, when we... We're thrown into like last season, pretty move like they moved up pretty quick and assumed a lot more responsibility and kind of throw us into games and stuff like that. It was it was fun. But now do you get to go to games? Every home game, yeah. Like floor seats? Uh not floor well, I've you kind like kind of if you our, like a camera. Our department has a dedicated travel film guy and then if he ever needs a break, like at home and stuff like that, which he typically does, uh, there's another guy that fills in. So I'll I, like eventually if I work my way up, I could fill in the floor and locker room and stuff like that. But yeah. I sit in the press box right now, near the press box, and I every single video that's like recorded from the floor, they upload it to a server. And yeah. I'm sitting there, like if Giannis dunks on somebody, I'll have the social media lady say one by one, four by four by five, which is like the different aspect ratios for Twitter, Instagram, and yeah. Snapchat. And then you gotta edit it export it put the lud on it put the little bug in the corner and then send it to her and then she posts it right away yeah. let's jump back real quick did your mom ever forgive you for running away bro i didn't tell her it was like two days in i'm like hey i'll come back home like next week yeah so like what did she say uh she was like are you guys cool now oh we're we're cool now yeah okay. but I, I it was more like what are you doing? Do you have a plan kind of thing? And I was like, I don't really have a plan. I'm kind of figuring it out. Yeah. And she was pretty worried, you know, obviously. And my friends are calling my parents saying like, like when, when I crashed, my friends called my parents and said like, hey, I don't know if you know, but like he just crashed and doesn't know where he is and stuff like this. Like it was bad. So anyway, I come home. No, I, I didn't. Before I came home, I'm talking to my parents a lot. And she said, I will literally drive all the way. I'll fly out there, get a rental car and we'll drive all the way back and I'll help move you out if you want. Yeah. And I said, okay, that's awesome. Hell yeah. Yeah. So she flew out, got a rental car, drove me all the way home, and that was like our making amends, you could yeah. say. Yeah. So then are you like fully on your own now or kind of? Still in school. I got a semester or two left and, um, you know, house, you know, uh, I don't know. We could get into finances if you want, but uh, that's not really so much. No. So what about, so I'm kind of looking at your schedule. School. Intern, building your company. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else you throw in there? Tons of freelance stuff. Okay, cool. Dude, anywhere from OnlyFans to... <laughs> <laughs> I love how that was the first one that came up. Dude, so do you film it? A wide variety of stuff. And I'm telling you, everything. Do you do you film the OnlyFans? <laughs> There's no way you've gone in and like filmed... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes? Yes. yes. I don't know if I could I could do that. Dude, the money's crazy. I'll tell you what. Especially For the OnlyFans girls. Yo, but you get a, you get equity. Not equity, but just like a percentage of every single paycheck they get, which is nice. Yeah. And I can charge a flat rate. Yeah. Know? So That's a pimp move. Especially like the... Uh, yeah, that's a... Here's the pimp move that I have been trying to pursue. A kid at a ski camp that I worked at this summer said, why are you a camera guy? Why do you do this? You know, I say, I joke around. I'm Cam with the camera. I joke around and say, like, I was meant yeah. to do this shit, whatever. But it's a tool to meet cool people. Yeah, it is. That's kind of like what I do the podcast for. So true. Yeah. And this right here is what I do with, other, like, with girls and stuff that hit me up on Instagram. Like, hey, let's go do a shoot, whatever. We'll go do that. Last weekend, it was, a, it was like, best case scenario. Like, went on a shoot, then went out after. Then it was, like, you know, never, yeah. never happens ever, you know? Yeah. But, like, it was good. She was way too out of my league, though. I don't know how it happened. 
bro. Yeah, it's just crazy. But I kept telling this kid, like, hey, this is a tool to meet cool people, like, really, really cool people with big followings. It pairs up well. The quality of content, the quality of life. When you match those things together, like, those intertwine. Yeah. And I have books that my parents got me growing up of, like, Michael Jordan's personal photographer. Those guys were tight, man, yeah. you know? And even, like, with the Bucks today, like, Giannis has his guy that is always with him at all times. And it's such a sick job, you know? Like, yeah, just insane. being that close and being the, like, the talent and everything. My thing, when I tore my ACL, I was more just, like, I'm not going to be the kid that throws myself off the cliff anymore. I'm going to film you throwing yourself off the cliff, but I'll yeah, be able to keep I up. I tore my meniscus a oh, year ago. No way. What'd you do it? How'd you do it? I do jujitsu, and uh, I was teaching leg locks in the office and was rolling with a with, uh, dude on a bunch of trend, and uh, basically he just didn't know what he was doing, and I didn't tap. Damn. I actually ended up still beating him that match with a blown-out leg, just let him Damn. pop it. So it was Damn. nuts. Big-ass pop. I I had the uh, I did stem cell initially, but uh, I ended up having this the meniscus pretty much all of it was taken out. Wow! In uh, December, so I'm like, what is this? September now, so like nine months after, I got this fat bruise right here. It's been hurting. I saw that. Yeah, I don't know what that's from. It was hurting last night, but uh, yeah, dude, jujitsu, PT man, so important. Yeah, I do. I do a lot of different things. I do yoga on Wednesdays. I do cold tub like seven days a week, hot Mm -hmm. tub. uh, I have a trainer, I have a nutritionist, you know, I uh, meal preps and different things like that. Uh, so I'm, I'm very big on the health. I spend a lot of money on health. All that is something I normally wouldn't know about you just by looking at you. But do you agree with, like, you can learn about somebody just by how their body is and how they like Oh, yeah, off. I'm very big on, on uh, the f- external physical health. Oh, yeah. But even, even, like, looking, like, I probably look in decent shape. I do my labs every quarter, and, like, my cholesterol or something is high right now. So I have to, like, eat less red meat, apparently. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, I 100% believe I'm, like, yo, how do you look, like, externally? Kind of – I think how you do one thing is how you do everything. But it's a little deep. Like, there's people that die and have heart attacks and have a six-pack mm-hmm. because they don't monitor their, their blood work and, like, their labs and different things like that. I'm not, like, a – I wouldn't. I wouldn't say like I'm like like when COVID happened. I didn't. I I never wore a mask. You know what I mean. I'm not trying to offend anybody that was affected negatively or anything like that. But yeah. like your mom probably would have shot me. Yo, you know no, I mean? my mom was cr- <laughs> like I'm not like the like like I'm a freak about health, but I'm not like a freak about health. I made the mistake to bring some one of my friends over that I didn't know very well. She was total like anti-mask, and my mom is like complete opposite. And they got into it, and it was so awkward, and we just had oh, to get yeah. out of there, bro. Oh, my God. It was so bad, dude. Yeah, see, I don't – yeah, I'm never – I've got this theory of, like, if I if it, like, if like I can survive it, it's only going to make me stronger. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't deliberately go and look – like, lick up sicknesses and shit like that, but, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to go through it because, I I mean, how did, how did the cavemen and, and the people that evolved to, you know, where we're at today go? Like, they didn't have a fucking Lysol. Yeah, shout out my Lysol cannon here somewhere. <laughs> yeah. So, what about favorite movies? I'm Ooh. a huge. That's the only thing I like doing outside of work is movies. So mm. I always ask everybody this question. Sick. Love Interstellar. I'm a huge Interstellar. Everybody, fan. I've been hearing this so many times. Really? Like, I love it, but I only like it like, like if I'm on that that weekend mood and I, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like my mind's a little. I I like off. it because it's I'm in. Say that. <laughs> Well, it definitely is a, it's a like a mind fuck almost, yes, you know, and yes. it makes you think and stop and be like, okay, what? Like, mm, you know, you got to piece things together as you go. You yeah. Know? And it's one of those things where it's so much deeper than what it looks like on the surface. So you know, much deeper. You know, the whole ticking thing yeah, when they get so on the planet, deep. I've yes. made school projects on this scene. Yeah. Like, what, what is your theory on it? Oh, that it, like every single tick in the background from the metronome is like, what, 20 years on earth? Like, what is it? Five years on earth? I yeah. forgot what it is. We'll have to pull up. I don't know, but. Uh, Do you know? <laughs> Let's look it up. We don't. We're not. We're not big like Rogan yet. <laughs> That'd be cool. <laughs> it just pops up on the TV. No, Rogan would be talking about it, and he'd already have it pulled <laughs> up. Yeah, he'd be talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna cost a hundred more bands a month. <laughs> have a Metro Google assisted. Yeah, the Interstellar metronome. Metronome scene. Interstellar. It's like every tick is a second and a quarter in between each other. And it's like. Do every- they? S- what is the ticking noise, or what are the clicks on Miller's Planner and Star? It looks like it's seven years. It's explained that every hour there equals seven Earth years. Wow. Each tick represents one day on Earth. Wow. 
That's insane. Yeah. And they come up there and he's like 20 years waiting. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> so that's your favorite movie. Do you have any other favorite movies? Man, I, I'm one of those people where I have not watched a shitty movie. And almost every movie I watch is just like, yeah, that's a good movie. Whatever. I can see what they're going. Because like, it's hard for me. Because I appreciate film because I know what it takes to like make the film and like what's behind it and everything. And especially being an editor and when you like can piece apart, I look at commercials different now, not just movies. Like I watch everything differently now that I know all the like secrets and techniques, how to make things look good, you know? Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of like I, I never really had that a deeper appreciation for music until I started making music and like figuring out how hard it is actually to make beats and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Like I would never talk shit about someone who does like a lot of jujitsu because I know nothing about that. In- I get so scared about having road rage now because of jujitsu. Because it, <laughs> it it has the most nerdiest people there that literally beat the shit out of me. And I'm like 190 pounds, like, like pretty strong. You know what I mean? I'm like, and I, I just, you just get humbled every day. And I've been doing it for two years. So it's like I got a decent amount of skill. And I'm like, there's somebody out there that if I accidentally freak the fuck out on, it's, they're going to put me to sleep and it's going to be on the internet. You ever have a guy like half your size come up to you and just whoop your ass in jiu-jitsu? Like, yeah, I've had girls tap me out. Wow, bro. I swear to God, jiu-jitsu is... It's, you watch UFC, right? Yeah. It's just like... It's just submissions. It's arm bars. It's mm-hmm. knee bars. It's heel hooks, ankle Damn. locks. It's chokes. And it's like... You'd be so surprised. Like, yeah, I can I can overpower, but but some of these like women, black belt, a black belt woman, I'm not beating right now. I mean, there's there's you are so technical where every every like every action has a reaction, and so it's like you think it's like oh I got her locked. It's like nah, you don't. You know what I mean? Like now nah, your leg's broken. Wow. You'd be, you'd be so surprised. That's another thing that's, like, way deeper than just on the surface, you know? So much deeper. It's because like, to, to me, someone who doesn't know it, that, like, you know, like, that's not my thing. Yeah. I'm just, like, y'all are just on the ground wrestling, like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, all my, like, some of the some of the dudes that are, are from, like, the city of Chicago, they love giving me a hard time about doing jiu-jitsu. They're like, you're going to go do that nut wrestling. And I was like, <laughs> whatever, dude, you get your ass beat. You yeah. can't take your Glock in there. <laughs> you know what I mean? So how important is... Like the technique compared it's, to like strength. It's so it's it's probably ninety ten. It's yeah. like it's like ninety ten. You know what I mean? Because it's like it, it don't. Wow. Obviously, strength is a factor. It might even be greater than ten percent, but it's definitely not more than fifteen twenty percent. Like wow. there, I mean, a, a a a little kid could beat the shit out of us right now. Honestly, yeah. you know what I mean? I, I mean, I was watching ADCC uh, this past weekend, which is like jujitsu, like Olympics. And uh, the main dude, his name's Gordon Ryan, and he made $500,000 over two days. And uh, he's 220 pounds and 6'2", 6'3", whatever. So obviously he's a phenom and massive. But some of these individuals that want are 130 pounds and just obliterate grown, like just people his size as well. Crazy. And they're 18 years old. Crazy. You know what I mean? So it's like me and you being 23, 22, we're not look. we're thinking like any 18-year-old we're beating up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't care how tall or big you are. It's like, but you don't know. There's some 18 year old nerd out there that's a black belt in jujitsu, like grew up in Brazil, or even fighting. You know what I mean? Like, even if you've got a little bit of hands, there's somebody that's been trained by a professional, and it's like you flip, freak out on them, or whatever might happen, and now you get your ass beat. And it's and it, we're in the day and age where everything gets caught on 4K. So it's like <laughs> not like ba- it, it used to be probably so good to get your ass beat back in the 80s where it's like it just a, like 10 people knew about you getting your ass beat. You know what I mean? And you mm. could have made up the story. No, not today. You know what I mean? Like that shit is my boy Cam with the cam got it on 4K. Right. You know what Caught I mean? in 4K. Caught yeah. in 4K. Dude. <laughs> you got right hooked by that nerd. <laughs> you know what I mean? like, your shit's done. You're not getting hired. Apple's not hiring you. Like, right. we would love to hire you. You have great skills, but we actually we pulled pull this video up. How the fuck did you get knocked out? <laughs> you know? Your carbon, your uh, not carbon footprint, your electronic footprint. You know? Yeah, yeah, so key. And people post, you know, them smoking and drinking and all that, and expect to get corporate jobs. Yeah, that. Well, I think that's all going to change though over time because it's just becoming so like their corporate is done. It. it corporate jobs cannot afford to pay 
what people need to pay and corresponds with inflation. You don't go to school and get like, you got to go get a creative job like you in order to, and then like freelance in order to afford to live in today's day and age, like comfortably. Now I'm not talking about living a luxury lifestyle. I'm talking about like getting out of school and then being able to afford to pay off the school debt. And ultimately, even if you don't have any school debt and you got a full ride, you know what I mean? Somebody like yourself gets a D1 ride. Well, it like the cost of living is not corresponding with even if they raised minimum wage to a hundred dollars an hour. It's like that might that might just cut it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there's there's no way, you know, like that that stuff's dead. Like now it's like like the future is just social media, technology, and like finance. Yeah. And really more so social media and tech. You know what I mean? So the individuals that are in social media and tech, they're cool. What's cool about social media and tech is you can be tatted from your toe to your fucking eyebrows mm-hmm. and smoke joints and you're mm-hmm. get, you're going to get hired. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And really like their only, you know, requirements on pre-rex is for you not to discriminate or segregate. You yeah. know what I mean? So as long as you're not like hurting people and their beliefs and like not allowing people to to participate in in your social media business or tech business, mm-hmm. you're cool. You know what I mean? Come in with whatever set tattoos or skin color, you know, beliefs or weight, it don't matter. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's, there's no discrimination in the, in the tech realm. And that's, it's, it's literally unlimited because social media is like what newspaper was 20, 30 years ago. And it's on like steroids, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like, we don't, we're not even like in the full, like we're not, we're in like the, in like the, I just told somebody this the other day, we're like in like the elementary of social media because social media didn't really pop. And for me, I think I saw Instagram when I was 2011, 2012. I think that's when I saw, I think I was in like sixth grade, seventh grade when I saw Instagram. And I feel like that was like the true uh, birth of social media face. Like Facebook was like kind of right around the same time. MySpace does not count that, that that's like an, like an email server to me. Like, I don't even know what the fuck MySpace was. That's just a meme that we heard that are like, even like my, like my parents joke about, so like for me, I look at social media as like Instagram was really Instagram and Facebook were kind of like the birth of social media. And that's right around 2010, 2011, 2012. Mm-hmm. So we're 10 years into it. You're just now going into the fifth grade. Right. So it's like 10 years, 20 years from now, we're going to see like tr- trillionaires from social media. Like Zuck made a, a bill off, off Facebook just off his first 10 years of, of Facebook. You know what I mean? And then the Instagram, I don't know who, who the founders are for Instagram. But billions, Mr. Beast, if he isn't a billionaire already, he's going to be a billion. Oh, he's yeah. going to be a trillionaire. Oh, yeah. You know, it's it, it is just in. It, you can't measure the compounding effects of social media. Mm-hmm. If you're not spending all your money on social media right now, you're you're stupid. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know what I mean? Like, we make that a highlight. Put that out there. Like, it is what it is. Marketing's everything, yeah. right? It's it's everything. Oh yeah, everything. On on that topic, it's like where technology was were when I was growing up, you know, with giant monitors and TVs and yeah, you know, tube yeah, yeah. TVs and everything and where technology is. And you remember lifting calm. those TVs up? Dude, you remember the high pitch ringing noise whenever you'd turn the TV on and be like, mm. yeah, you hold a magnet near the TV. It's like, whatever. Yes, dude. Dude, but like. I almost died so many times lifting those box TVs. Really? I swear to God, just lift it up as like a 12 year old kid and like start falling back. <laughs> like, fuck, it's all over now. Yeah. But just like. Our whole careers depend on this stuff. You know, I think about this all the time, especially when I'm at the office. I'm like, my my day depends on how fast my computer is right now. It's like rendering and exporting stuff, you know? Oh, my God. Like, well, I was asking Aiden. <laughs> He's like, it's rendering. I was like, I don't know what that means. Get faster <laughs> Wi-Fi. Speaking my language. But uh, it's more like where technology is going to end up is so un- like Im- unpredictable which is so heavily dependent on this whole creative field this whole creative industry so it's going to be completely different in 5 years and i yeah. love that the uncertainty of it yes you know that we always have to be the first to like act on whatever's new and and the people that miss out are caught slacking you know oh caught way worse than slacking i mean you caught broke that's what it that's what's going to happen you end up getting canceled you get canceled you broke you i mean you just the the cost of you not being in social media is so much greater than the cost of you being into it i love the example right there with state farm about their advertising over the like super bowl did you hear about this no they spent zero dollars on a Super Bowl commercial. They usually historically, you know, what is it, like $1.2 yeah. $2 million to do a Super Bowl commercial? They spent $0, and they put all their money into TikTok. 
And now, you know, State Farm has millions of followers on TikTok. And every time they post a TikTok video, it's a free advertisement. It's a free commercial. Yeah, facts. Free advertising. Facts. Build a community on your page for an insurance company like State Farm. Yeah. And it doesn't matter who you are. If you see State Farm commenting on a random TikTok that made the For You page and they're saying something savage a little bit, that is huge for a company image. Yeah. Whoever's responsible for a company like State Farm yeah. on a social media platform has to be as savage as they come. Yeah. Absolutely. But you got to also like respect the values. You know? Yeah. Facts. Facts. But, you know, done right. Like it's so key, that yeah. marketing. And you do you believe that marketing is everything? Absolutely. 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 Yeah. So do you have a favorite restaurant or a favorite food? I'm simple, man. Yeah. Ian's Pizza slaps, man. Like back in... Is it, do you guys have deep dish up there? No, I haven't had deep... Dude, it's been years since I've had deep dish pizza, man. Yeah, you better hit a Giordano's before you head back. How far is your drive back? Hour? Hour 30. Hour 30? That ain't I'm on horrible. the east side. Yeah, that ain't horrible. It's like, you know, I, I work down the block from the Pfizer, which is right downtown. It's like five minutes drive there. Oh, that ain't so bad. Not bad at all, no. So as we wrap up, we're like an hour 15 in. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Anything else on your mind? Other than, you know, I think pr pretty much hit on the, the whole story, like Colorado thing pretty good, you know? Yeah. Maybe it's like, how did you meet Jackie? I'm kind of wondering, like, uh, how do we connect, get connected through her? I still think like the whole, re like, chances I'm here is pretty, pretty crazy. Slim. And, yeah. yeah she real. worked here a little. No way. What'd yeah. She, what'd she do? Sales rep, kind of. She was like in the process of getting her license and cool. sell a little bit of insurance. Through insurance stuff. That, wow. I thought she goes to Whitewater. Where did she used to go to? Dang, man. I think she lived south of here, she told me. So you guys work together? Yeah, yeah. She worked here. Yep. Interesting. Yes, sir. I met her because I did a... I, this is like the second year, probably like the third video that I'm doing for fraternities and sororities for yeah. their like rushes. I love charging them extra and doing videos for them because A, they're just like me. They're not like a corporation, Karen, whatever, you know? Yeah. But also, I like charging them like a lot of money because it doesn't come out of one person's pocket. It's coming out of like everyone's dues and everything yeah. like that. So I feel better about it. And I go to Delta Chi in Whitewater, and I'm making them in a first shoot with the like cinema camera, which is super fun. And Jackie is sitting down next to me when I'm like going through the clips, and everyone's like looking at the stuff that we shot all day, and we're just talking for like an hour. And she goes, like within 15 minutes, shout out Jackie, but she like got me connected with you and these other people. And within 15 minutes, she like had so many people. She's a me. stud networker. So good at networking. Yeah, she's a stud. Oh my gosh. Yeah, she's always connected me with studs. That blew my mind. Yeah. That yeah. like, that is like a superpower almost. Yeah, it is. And it's she's developed that into something. Like she is way better at that than I am. Yes. And that's so cool. Stud. Stud. Absolute, Absolute stud. Shout out. Like seriously. Right? <laughs> shout out Jack. Yeah. Oh, anything you want to plug in? Again, plug in your socials or anything where people can find you, do business with you. Cam Bauer 2, Cam with the camera. Uh, shout out water, drink water. Let's go. Shout out water, <laughs> Aqua H2O. Yes, sir. Let's go. Peace out.